0: benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney, and I must be the first to report that our dear, dear Dante Bosco is once again working on location. He could not be here today. I know how much he regrets missing this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that he shares the same sentiment I do about having Fans and new friends on the podcast. It's one of the major highlights of us getting to do this podcast together. So that's one big thing. Also, he really likes to watch people win and lose. And he loves to pick winners and losers. We might be lucky that he's not staring down the three of you who will not be talking about the thing that he wants everyone to be talking about, and I think you know what I'm getting at. So what I'm happy about is not so much that he's gone, but that we can have what I know will be a friendly yet exciting debate. Over which element offers the best bending. That's right. Now you all know anybody who's listening to this episode without reading the title or any of the information that you see underneath the episode, you've now known the surprise it's happening. We are having a debate about best bending and. Now you know why Dante wishes he were here so that he could just mute everybody who's not the Fire Nation. And we're just not going to let that happen today. So he is going to listen to the episode like everyone else and see what everyone has to say. I'm so excited. I want to bring in our new friends, fans of the show who are going to be our debaters for today. I have to say I watched some wonderful tape of all of you. So I feel like I know you a little bit. I would love to start out by welcoming Amanda Castrillo Foxworth. Hello, Amanda. Hi. Nice to meet you, you, Janet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to have you here. You are going to be arguing, perhaps in defiance of Palm Desert. You're going to be arguing in favor of water today, are you not?
1: Yes, Yes! water, definitely. Even though I live in like the driest part of the country, it is
0: water today. Listen, I'm from Tucson, and I'm Water Tribe through and through, and I think that's a big part of it. You have been watching the show since it first aired, right? Since Mm -hmm. 2005, you were there, you were an early adopter, (laughs) and you've just kept up with it ever since. Do you have a favorite episode, my dear?
1: Oh my gosh, yes, I do. Um, it's going to be the crossroads of destiny, especially the second part of it, because I remember distinctly what I was doing that day. I was literally sitting on the floor of my cousin's house. I was nine years old, I'll never forget. And I was just like mortified by the end of that episode. Like I think that was like a core memory. Because uh-huh. if y'all know what happened at the end of that episode, and I was like, wait a minute, what? And then I had to wait like a year and a half for everything to come out. And I was like, you can't leave me like this. Like I was just, it was a defining moment for me. So yeah, Crossroads of Destiny, favorite episode. It just had me shook to my core.
0: Listen, while I don't want you to be shook to your core, I I understand, I appreciate, and I agree. And I saw a lot of nodding happen when you were saying those words with the rest of our debaters. So once again, I do suspect that it's going to be a friendly debate. I do suspect that Avatar fans are the best in the world and wonderful and compassionate. So even if you go for each other's throats, I know that you love each other. Uh, let's move on to our debater for Earth, the Earth element, Michaela
2: Baskin. Hello, hi, Michaela. hi. I have to just say, it's so lovely to meet you, Janet. Cora is one of my favorite characters of all time. And I just have to say, thank you so much for bringing her to life. It's oh my so gosh. wonderful to meet
0: you. Oh, geez. Th- thank you so much. But, um, you know, listen, I have such a s- small part of such an amazing show. And, you know, I'm just looking at you feeling like, am I looking at an Asami? Am I looking at a Toph? Am I looking at a Cora? Like, you could cosplay the heck out of all of those characters. Oh, By gosh. the way, thank Amanda, that goes so for much. you as well. You know, when you do a lot of cons, it's hard not to see... People in cosplay, like even when they're not, you sort of imagine like, hmm, what would I outfit you in? This is exciting. What what member of what tribe would we put you with? I believe that you were wearing a little special something when uh, you recorded your tape.
2: You were wearing something very special. Can you tell us what it was? So I love making cosplay, and I think Avatar cosplay has to be my favorite. So when I filmed my little tape, I was wearing my Suki costume. She is one of my favorite characters, obviously, Earthbending Pride. Besides my Suki costume, my favorite costume I've made has to be Toph. Toph is my absolute favorite character. Just as like a little Asian kid watching the show, I was like, that's me. She is me. So making cautions with the characters is so much fun. Uh, I love that. And I also loved your intro because there you were in your Suki
0: outfit, yet your intros were Flamio Hotman and Hello, Zuko here. And uh, so I'm excited that you're going to be debating in favor of Earth. Michaela, do you have a favorite Avatar The Last Airbender episode?
2: My favorite episode has to be The Tales of Ba Sing Se. Oh, um, so good. It's just one of those episodes that just gives you this slice of life of this universe. And I think that's one of the best things about Avatar is that the world building is just so amazing that you have little episodes like this where you just see characters and sort of a more. Domestic slice of life sense, and it just makes them feel more real. So I think that is an amazing episode. Great choice. We've got a couple of very strong choices here.
0: And that takes us over to our air debater. Please welcome Siraj Muraladaran. Siraj, hello, my friend. Hello. Now, first of all, I want to say, arguing for air, you have a beautiful serene background exactly
3: that's what i was going for
0: a light color and then the glow from a light coming from somewhere has given you this kind of aura it's almost like a halo behind you almost maybe like a spinning ball of air is back there (laughs) representing how are you my friend
3: Doing really well. I'm actually uh, doing this podcast from work. I told my boss I need the afternoon off to record an Avatar fan podcast. And he said, you know what? <laughs> Don't even put in for the afternoon off. Just take it because he, he is also an Avatar fan. So,
0: Oh, yeah. my gosh. I love this boss. Get him in here. No, don't get him in here. But that's very cool. Listen, that's a that's a good sign of a good job if somebody totally gets it yeah, and is all on board for you to be doing this right now. Siraj, I loved your submission as well. And I have to say, you are one of those kids who was an early adopter of Avatar and appreciated from a martial arts perspective. Because mm-hmm. unless I'm mistaken, you had already taken Taekwondo for quite some time when you first discovered Avatar. Is that right?
3: Yep, that's right. I actually am a black belt, uh, first degree, uh, like I would say halfway to my second degree, when I uh, had to stop because of some injuries about 10 years ago. But uh, I definitely appreciated the martial arts aspect of it extremely. And even a lot of the like, behind the scenes documentaries with Sifu Kisu, and like getting to know the different like martial arts styles, it definitely like spoke to me quite a bit. So uh, that was definitely nice. probably what drew me in most uh, to Avatar in the first place, in addition to the world building. Yeah
0: fabulous. This is not a debate, so no one wins on this one, Suraj. Do you have a favorite that you would like to toss in as well?
3: Yeah, I think for me, it has to be the beach, simply because it's the first time we really get to see Zuko's squad kind of just be teenagers, or should I say, like, failing to be teenagers. So I think everything from (laughs) getting to see them, like, socialize at the party to Azula taking volleyball way too seriously, and just getting completely rejected by that guy for being insane. I got to relate to it as a high schooler a lot. So uh, I would say that's probably my favorite just from a humanizing the character's perspective.
0: Such a great choice. Truly the episode that most humanizes and perhaps the only episode that really does humanize Azula. So love that choice as well. You have each named one of my favorites as well. Let's move on to our final debater. If you're keeping up, then you know that this is the person who is going to be debating in favor of the fire element, fire bending, And I am looking at someone fabulous with a screen that is pouring fire in the background. We are wearing something that is representative of fire. I also see some less fiery friends back there, like Naga, which I'm very excited about. Nick Mayfield, welcome to Braving the Elements. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello, Flamio.
4: It's lovely to meet you.
0: Flamio back at ya. And you found the show? Did you start watching the show right away? Yeah, as it aired. Oh. Fantastic. So we got some, again, some people who recognize what was special about the show very early on. Always exciting. Yet we always welcome people who are coming in for the first time who just discovered the show. But Nick, I think you mentioned and it reminded me that almost all of you mentioned the mystery of Zuko's mom, like really having to be because you were watching the show early. You did not have the answer of what happened to Zuko's mom. Nowadays, if someone finds the show for the first time, you can point right over to a comic, right over to a book and say, guess what? You're fine. Like You're set. You didn't have to live with a nightmare of not knowing like the rest of us. Right, Nick?
4: Oh, yeah. And to give a double fake out on the Zuko's mom in the main series and then in a little sneaky mention in Korra, the amount of rage that I had as a young adolescent. I mean, it's literally the Zuko. They're like, what do you mean? Where's the rest of it? I was like, (laughs) how could you do this? But it's good. That strong reaction means it worked and I cared.
0: That's right. And you are one of those people that I always love meeting who you're ready to watch it from the very beginning with any friend who hasn't watched it. Is that about right?
4: Mm -hmm. I just did a rewatch for me and a first time watch with a couple of my roommates over the past year. And it was just so lovely to watch it through their eyes. It's like, I think the best way to watch it because you see someone slowly piece it together and experience this amazing world for the first time.
0: It's so true. I see all of you nodding. I couldn't be less surprised that you are also folks who are ready to share this show with friends who have not seen it yet without shaming them for not having seen it. Sometimes it's hard for us to do that. So it's just like, you haven't, would you? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to put it on right now. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to fall in love. I envy you. I want to see you see it for the first time. It's going to be great. Okay, again, I am very bad at picking winners. So this is, for me, not so much about that. It is more just about really getting to celebrate all these wonderful elements and the bending that comes from them. Again, representing Dante. Varney, someone's still got to win. This is a debate, Varney. Come on. So let's start with defense. Let's start with what makes your element that you've chosen represent the best defense of all of the elements. We'll break it down into pieces like that. And let's start with water. Amanda, why don't you get started with what makes water such a great defense.
1: Alrighty. So, water in general is just awesome. So, water is a great defense because it's so versatile. You can make it solid. You can make it steam. You can make it just completely in its normal, natural, wet state. It's so versatile. You can make a barrier. You can like submerge someone in it. It's such a versatile element, and you can literally put it into any form of hardness or softness that it's perfect for defense. So like, for example, the one scene was at the finale where Katara and Azula were squaring up and she literally like takes water out of the sewer and freezes them both and uses the fact that she's a waterbender to her advantage because she can melt the water, she can heat it up, but Azula can't. So she literally swims through the little ice crystal she made. And it wasn't even really an attack. It was more so like making sure that Azula didn't strike her with lightning. So it was a defense. And that example alone shows just how powerful water is in that aspect. And I remember seeing that scene for the first time. I was like, that was wicked. Like, it was so cool. So yeah, um, I think anything that is that versatile just automatically is better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We do love versatility. Strong argument in favor of water, Amanda. Michaela, what are your thoughts on the defense tactics of Earth? All right, I've got two
2: rock-solid reasons why Uh Earthbending has the best defense. (laughs) (laughs) The first is that, like Toph explains to Aang, the nature of Earthbending is to meet attacks head-on. And because the other elements are less solid and more fluid, they don't provide as good of a physical shield or coverage against attacks, they often have to dissipate the, say, fire coming at them or to redirect or sidestep the attack in some way, whereas Earth is very strong as an element and the earthbending style is to meet attacks head on, which I would argue is the best form of defense. Reason number two is that, of course, earthbenders can learn the ability to sense their opponent's vibrations, and they can see where multiple opponents are at one time and even sense attacks before they happen. And that is a skill that is so unique to earthbending that no other element has, and it is the perfect defense when you can literally see the attack coming before it comes. And then also you can make a cool full body armor suit out of rock like we saw Toph and Aang do like and metal. I think that's objectively very cool. She's just running around like Iron Man. It's a cool defense.
0: It's very true. Once you throw metal in there, you know, some of these like extra, Amanda, you exercise restraint and didn't bring bloodbending into anything. Um, but that's not as much of a defense as maybe an offense. So we'll see if that comes into play. But some of these elements do have these sort of like toppers on top where you're like, oh, no, and metal. OK, that's pretty amazing, pretty impressive. And you're so right that the experience of watching and learning how toff saw is mind-blowing what a great moment in the series Uh, very very good arguments my friend looking good for both water and earth let's bring in some fire nick talk to me about the defensive tactics of fire because i don't think people really think about fire as being a defense as much as an offense so how do you see that
4: yeah you know janet i'm not sure if people are ready to have this conversation but unfortunately (laughs) everything's about to change Uh, to quote (laughs) Perhaps one of the wisest characters in the series that um, unless I'm mistaken is a fire bender fire is the element of power, the people of the fire nation have desire and will and the energy to achieve what they want. So I want everybody to go on a little journey with me. I want you to imagine the thing that you are the most passionate about in this world. What lights your personal fire? Whether it's Avatar The Last Airbender, whether it's The Legend of Korra, your loved ones, the ones you hate, whatever gets you going, imagine being able to translate that into actual energy, into actual flame, wherever you are at any point. So I would say that fire is an excellent defense, given that you cannot be stripped of it truly. And if your intensity matches into the flames you are creating, it's an impenetrable defense. Hurl a rock at me. I will disintegrate it to atoms if I am in a strong enough headspace. And... There are multiple examples of a wall and shield of fire being used against many powerful defenses. I would argue that uh, Zhang Zhang makes a wall of flames that is able to fully yeet several Fire Nation tanks out of the way. And this is my big argument of defense for fire. I don't think people think about it enough, but as it was portrayed in the Ember Island Players, remember when Azula successfully made a fire shield that was able to counteract a five-pronged attack Of all five elements, fire, water, earth, air, and boomerang. And she was able to (laughs) successfully negate all five elements from masters, might I add. Those tattoos didn't come from being a little weak sauce airbender. And take them and disappear herself. So I would say if you're coming at me and I've got fire (laughs) on my side, I'm not that stressed. I'm happy for you. But I'm not concerned.
0: I love this argument. soccer lovers out there. Upgrading him to the element of boomerangs is extremely satisfying. I think we could all tip our hats to that. Great arguments, but we have brought a very, very strong element in for our last defensive argument. And if we know Aang, we know that he is a master of defensive tactics. That is pretty much all we see him do for a bunch of the first part of the first book of the show. Right, uh, Suraj?
3: Yeah, definitely. I would say air say what you want about it on offense, but on defense, especially it has the ability to just literally be untouchable. I think, like you noted, we saw maybe, I don't know, less than five uh, clean hits on Aang the entire first season. So I think the entire martial art that air is rooted in and airbenders teach and learn is all about basically the circular motion to avoid the attacks of their enemies. So I think the fact that Aang, I mean, granted he was a master, so you know the master of any element is going to be very impressive, but especially in the first season, The fact that so few clean hits were even landed on him in the first place um, is just such a testament to how strong an element it is in the defensive aspect, and particularly because the entire Discipline of airbending is rooted around being able to avoid your enemies and essentially defend your way out of situations. Basically, you can't hurt someone if you can't touch them. So
0: Beautiful. And, you know, what a weight to have on the element of air and airbending. I mean, definitely Appa is an airbender and is amazing and is fierce and strong and a fighter in his own right. But in terms of humans... You know, we only get to see one example, really, of airbending, a consistent example through the first series. So, everything that we're kind of leaning on just within Avatar The Last Airbender, not even thinking about Korra, kind of does fall on Aang. And so, I think being able to make that strong of an argument with only one person to point to says a lot in and of itself, right? Because we never see the same kind of power and force that we see from all of the other elements banding together with this big group. You get the goosebumps when you see like all of this whole set of soldiers of any of the other elements and then it's like ang on his ball of hair doing the best he can astonishing defense technique i have loved every single one of these let's get into offense you know why we're here let's get into some offense let's go with michaela and earth first michaela what makes earth such a great element to bend for offense and offensive attacks okay
2: I think we need to talk about lava bending for a second, okay? I think we need to remember that in The Legend of Korra, Ghazan was able to break through one of the walls of Ba Say with lava bending alone. The Fire Nation's like, we've been trying to do that for 100 years. Like, how did you, what? Granted, it was an inner wall. It was not the outer wall, but the point still stands. Lava bending is an incredibly powerful special skill of earth bending. Going off the lava bending point... All elements do this to some extent, but I think Earth is really the most versatile when it comes to mimicking the strengths of the other elements. When it comes to attacking, lava bending is similar to water bending. It's also like fire bending. You can literally burn your opponents. Sand bending uses air bending techniques. You can launch yourself in the air with rocks the same way airbenders propel themselves. Um, And because of the adaptability and the versatility of earth as an element, earthbenders are able to use offensive techniques from all the forms of bending, which makes them the strongest, in my opinion. Also, just the fact that earthbending is so limitless when you're on the offense, because to be able to physically bend the earth around you is just so powerful. Like they built the entire city of Zaofu with just metal bending. Kyoshi was like, if you want to colonize my land, I will just simply move the whole thing away. Sure. King Bumi took back all of Amashu with just earth bending. Like to be able to physically sculpt the landscape is a huge, huge strength in battle. It's a great argument. I mean,
0: listen, we all walk around on it. It's tough to beat that argument And yet, I'm excited to hear what, Nick, you have to say about offense and
4: fire. Well, fire is, to borrow a phrase from Amanda's team, swimming in options when it comes to (laughs) offense. Uh, What was that phrase? Um, It starts the whole show. I believe it was everything stayed the same when the Fire Nation attacked. No, no. Everything changed. Fire has insane destructive capabilities. It is an absolute powerhouse. And honestly, it, all it took was a warped perversion of goals from the Fire Lords to make it into an indomitable element. That was only being used at like a certain percentage of its true capability. They were playing with the warped, twisted, hate-filled version of Firebending, and they still managed to mostly take over the world, Sans, the Northern Water Tribe, and Ba Sing Se, both of which were only intervened with by the actual Avatar. Had you not had Avatar Aang doing all of his little spirit mumbo jumbo in both of those places, the Fire Nation would have got in there. And look, I'm generally a pacifist. I am not saying I wanted them to do it, but I'm saying they could and in many ways did. (laughs) Also, overall, firebending has multiple advanced techniques that are just straight up raw destructive power. Lightning bending has no equal. You want to know what the equal to lightning bending is? another person who can manage redirecting lightning, and that's only gonna come from a firebender. And that's not even to go into combustion bending, which is its own kooky little thing that is so powerful, even a mostly realized avatar is struggling in a one-on-one battle with any combustion bender. And yeah, that's overall what I have to say about the offensive capabilities of the Fire Nation. I feel like they demonstrate their case very well in the docuseries Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say uh, you're making really, really strong points. We all knew that you would hit it out of the park with fire when we're talking about offensive techniques. In my mind, because you brought up, you know, when you start bringing in those fire lords who are corrupted, there's some part of me in the back of my head when I think about Zhang Zhang that I almost worry about the balance of fire and worry that something about the fire almost tempts you to exploit it in that way. And I don't know. So that's- a downside, but maybe, right?
4: I would argue that I have more respect for a master firebender than any other element. Waterbender loses their mind. Oh no, things got wet. Earthbender, maybe a building breaks. That's a bummer. Airbender, a uh, gust of wind. Firebender, that's bad. When you're playing with that <laughs> level of, of high wind. stakes and you can manage that, I think that you have achieved a level of inner peace that makes anyone else pale in comparison
0: things get wet (laughs) there's a gust of wind (laughs) ah i mean these are very strong words
4: i've been described as (laughs) hot-headed
0: amanda i saw you raise a finger in defiance of what just was said but i have my special order that i'm going in so everyone gets a chance to go in every order and suraj that means i'm gonna need you to step up to the plate With the offensive strengths of air, and feel free to also defend yourself against Nick saying that a gust of air is what would happen if you get. Yeah, I was gonna say those are
3: those are fighting words. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) I I would say for me the the apparent lack of destruction and uh, so to speak. Gust of wind that air might be construed as. It has two main things, kind of, let's say, fighting for it. And I would say those are ubiquity and lethality without having to be super specialized. So the other elements can make a great case for why, you know, their special abilities can be very lethal and just kind of game ending for so many opponents. But I would say for air, you actually don't need to be that much of a master. I mean, granted Zahir was dialed up to the master very quickly, but even then you don't really need to be that practitioned in the element to be able to literally bend the air out of someone's lungs and cause them to asphyxiate. Now, granted, most airbenders were raised to be peace loving and never be that violent. So as you mentioned, Janet, I don't think we ever really got to see the full lethal power of airbending unleashed until much, much later. But I would say the lethality of it is very underrated. And then the second part, as I mentioned, is the ubiquity. This is this is also similar for fire, but the fact that anytime you're not in space and you have oxygen around, you can use airbending, I would say, make it very, very offensively potent. So yeah, just the ability to bend it almost anywhere and use it to great effect without having to be one of the masters of it who know how to either do like lava bending or combustion bending or bloodbending. And I think one last side note, fire, uh, just because Nick wanted to come at me, I'll come right back. Uh, As as offensive (laughs) as firebending is, I would say it's probably getting to the point of diminishing returns if, let's say, a combustion bender was so powerful that he blew off his own arm and leg. I think at that point, you might have to ask yourself if all of that offense is really a good thing in your favor or maybe not. So I'm just going to let that sit there for a little bit.
0: I really want you guys to feel like you could laugh and make noises because I want our listeners to understand the shade that's getting thrown and the <laughs> laughter and the, the, I mean, there's some good stuff happening. So I want you to feel welcome to uh, get, uh, we could get all of that on Mike because it's delicious. Um, I mean, Watson, we're seeing a real, real, real gentle face off here between earth and fire, but I will say, if you want to start talking about Zaheer, that's definitely raising it to a, a pretty intense level. And it's a pretty good point, Siraj. Let's hear finally from Amanda. Let's talk offense. Let's talk water, baby. People just get wet, Nick. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you forget about a little thing called bloodbending? bending? Like Janet uh, said earlier, because here's the thing, bloodbending is a subsection. That's not even talking about how you can literally turn water into knives. You know, like that one scene where Katara went after her mother's killer and she literally made basically like rained down ice knives on this man. And just like getting into bloodbending, not only can you basically puppeteer someone like Hama, because her Mm. episode was called The Puppet Master, So she was literally making people walk into a mountain on like completely stripping them of their free will, literally turning people into puppets. She had a scene where she literally almost made Sokka run through Aang with his sword. She can make people fight each other. And so imagine you have a really powerful bloodbender on a battlefield and everybody has weapons and they start turning on each other. She doesn't even have to fight. So That and also chi blocking as well as taking away the bending of other benders. Because remember, Amon was a water bender. And the way that he took away bending was through a refined form of blood bending. So you can literally disable your opponent in less than a few seconds if you get close enough to them, which is something that no other, unless you're Tai Lee and you know the chi blocking techniques, if you're a bender and you don't have that technique, you can't do that. So bloodbending alone, like you could literally like liquefy somebody if you wanted to, (laughs) which would be horrifying. And then with anything else, you can raise the water levels, drowning people. You can turn water into ice, hypothermia, ice shards, ice knives, anything. You could boil someone. Think about that. Like just how many things you could do with water alone. This is getting into like horror movie territory. (laughs) But like, if you really get into the nitty gritty of what water could do, it's not just getting wet. It is like getting obliterated if somebody's upset enough. It's not funny, it's not cute, it's not nice. And again with fire, just like uh, Siraj said, it's like what you going to do? You're going to get too powerful and you're going to blow yourself up.
0: <laughs> you know, this conversation is really reminding me that people took that 70 years before Legend of Korra started to just really mess up all their oh, elements really? to find out just how messed up and evil they could all get. Yeah, <laughs> well, Legend of Korra, like, "Oh, so every element absolutely can be exploited by people and cause horrible things you just don't have to see that as much in avatar so <laughs> i guess we know what we were doing for those 70 years that's progress that's what's scary it's, about it sometimes is only you have- reason
1: they, they didn't get scarier is because it was for children <laughs> that's right
0: and even that sometimes it's like is it though yeah Yeah. um all right wonderful wonderful stuff so far let's go into our third part which is pick one classic battle and it'll be really interesting to see what other element appears in that battle that each of you think is a good rendering of what's so special about the element and the bending that you can do with it let's start with nick let's talk some fire buddy
4: you know, there aren't that many notable firebending oh, fights in boy. Avatar the Last Airbender, oh, I mean, here I was I was doing my research and I went onto <laughs> youtube.com, typed Avatar the Last Airbender official YouTube channel, sorted videos by most viewed and I guess I found two kind of obscure multi-million view videos. I'm going to talk about the second place, which, uh, has anyone heard of this thing called The Last Agni Kai? (laughs) Uh, I would like you to attempt to describe The Last Agni Kai without using the word iconic, without using the word genre defining, without using the word character art completion twofold. And, if you want to talk about the good part of it, I'm talking about the violin swelling. I'm talking about the minimal dialogue I'm talking about the absolute brother-sister rawness that is happening in the beginning of that. I would love to see what other element gets involved. Not counting when Katara does her thing later. Respect to Katara. I will never put disrespect on her name. But that is Fire v. Fire and that is the greatest hands down element v. Same element battle in any version of the series. That is what people talk about. That is Nickelodeon Animation Studios' magnum opus, if I do (laughs) say so myself.
0: Ooh, Yeah, you know what? Just pitting fire against fire is a strong choice because you could have used this opportunity to show how fire bested another element and you were like, I don't even need to go there. I can just stay in my own lane and still... I would have
4: loved... I would have loved to have talked about the time that fire destroyed the other elements over multiple times, but when you're facing the best, you gotta face fire versus fire. Yeah,
0: you went with something more obscure, to your point. You're much more obscure, so we gotta appreciate that. Uh, (laughs) I, I think we need to go straight from fire into some air. Suraj, what battle do you think... Exemplifies what's so wonderful about airbending so well.
3: I would say to me, it's probably Aang versus Zuko for Katara's Necklace in the first season. Yes. Unlike Nick, I can't refer to an air versus air battle uh, by definition because there are no other airbenders. But, it's in the title. but even then, I would say that that battle specifically just shows. I, I feel like Zuko really comes into his own later in the series. I don't think that's a hot take. Pun intended, but I feel like he's not as powerful as he was early on in the season, but he was still very powerful and, you know, trained by Iroh for so many years. And again, he's always compared to Azula and he gets a lot better, but people don't realize just how strong he was already. So to be able to go against Zuko toe to toe, just, you know, right out of the iceberg, I think people don't realize how powerful and really potent air is for that reason. And we actually get to see. Aang, who, by the way, hasn't really even trained for combat against other bending disciplines, just kind of go toe-to-toe with him and actually make it out with the necklace. I mean, I think this is one of those battles that just shows how a real master of air can just take anything that another element can dish out and in many times it does feel like a war of attrition. So it's not as flashy as blasting someone with lightning again, also pun intended Mm -hmm. at the same time, it just shows you how if you can just take all the beating from another element and then still essentially be there to deal the last blow because they've got nothing left. It just speaks to me very poetically about the, the power of air as a bending element.
0: I love that. And it's really interesting. I love what you said about Aang not having the experience to fight these other elements and still showing up and holding his own even so early in the show. And (laughs) it is an interesting juxtaposition with, you know, Nick, when you're talking about the firebender versus firebender, it's like that is kind of what Zuko's been training for. Like whether he knew it or not, he's training with Fire Nation soldiers. You know, he's training fire against fire and ultimately... Thank goodness he did, because he's pitted against, you know, one of the most powerful firebenders of all time. So it's actually really interesting that you both used examples to kind of show off the background of the character in that battle and what they were preparing for versus what they weren't prepared for and still had to go through. So great example, Suraj. I love that example. Uh, Amanda, what have you got in store for us with water? Okay, so I was marinating on this one. Uh. Oh, I love you all. I love puns so much. This is great. If Dante were it here, was. we'd be like, wow, a lot of, a lot of puns. You guys show up but- a <laughs> lot of puns today.
1: So I would have to say the scene, again, from like my favorite episode, Process of Destiny, where Katara basically makes like the bending tentacles and she can get like multiple opponents at the same time. And on top of that, that is where we also see her make this like ginormous tidal wave that literally washes everyone away. So regardless of like what these vendors are doing one-on-one, she could literally as with enough water insight, just completely wash them away, like literally wash them away. And escaping too, like what should she do? She takes a and she makes the water whirlpool and she shoots straight up and she leaves. And what are they going to do? How are they going to stop her? They can't. Or what are they going to do? Punch fire at the water? It's, <laughs> it's going to get taken out. Just the mere fact that water is so, again, versatile and with enough water, you can literally just like take out basically an army of people all at once is absolutely bonkers. And then on top of that, the uh, battle we have between Katara and Hama, which again, two waterbenders after each other. And you see all of the elements are obviously connected to the earth. All of the elements are obviously connected to your chi and your strength and all of these things all put together. But just the resilience of waterbenders, because Katara literally having never bloodbent in her entire life was able to overcome being bloodbent herself and like basically put it right back at Hama. And it kind of is even indicative of how you can redirect lightning. She literally redirected that attack and saved her friends and was able to completely take over that whole situation. And that's the biggest thing about water itself. It's just like it can consume so much and it can give life and it can take away life and it can sustain life and it can completely wreck your life. Like it can do all of those things. So yeah, like those two battles right there just hit really hard.
0: Strong stuff. That Hama episode. I mean, I'm gonna have to say it, but it is chilling. I think what I didn't know about myself until I saw Avatar The Last Airbender and then subsequently, of course, had to record Korra when she gets bloodbend. That is now like one of my biggest fears, like the idea of having something happen to you at you. Versus, and this is true for all of the things that you know we've talked about where th- what's inside of our bodies is also like, oh, we're all connected. We're all atoms. We're all minerals. We're all water. We're all air. We're all electricity, right? We're firing electricity in our brains. So all of those elements are represented inside your own body. So the idea of someone being able to control you is like mm-hmm. almost scarier than anything external happening to you. And so when you first see that bloodbending, to me, it was like my stomach just flipped. It was like, oh. Oh No, that's it's almost like, a, worse the, like than loss anything of autonomy. Else. Like you can't, <gasps> you can't get out of it. Like- yes. Ooh, it's so scary. Great argument. I'm super afraid of bloodbending. so great argument. And let's finish up with Michaela. What earth battle would you like to give as an example?
2: So this is gonna be a little bit of a, a different choice. I know Ooh. you're probably expecting me to pick like a really epic earthbending battle, but I really wanna talk about um, Toth as Melon Lord versus the gang in Sozin's Comet yes. part one, because it. let's remember this is Toth. This is one earthbender against a very skilled team of a firebender, a waterbender, a fan and swordbender, and the avatar himself. So what does Toph do in this battle? She's supposed to be representing the entire Fire Nation army. So she actually just erects all these rock people soldiers from the ground to attack the gang. And I think we need to remember she's doing all this from a distance. And these two things really show the strength of earthbending because with Fire, water, and air, they only go so far as you can throw them. Okay. Earth bending, if I'm standing over here and someone's on a mountain over there, I can lift up a rock from a distance and hit them. I don't need to even be near them. And also, just the fact that she is raising all these rock soldier people at once. Okay. Yes, for the water bending, Katara's octopus hands, she is managing a lot of water at once, but with the other elements, it's like, okay, you can shoot fire out of your right hand, you can shoot out of your left hand, maybe you can do it out of your mouth if you're <laughs> as cool as Uncle Iro. but earthbenders can manipulate multiple rocks with just one move, and this whole battle is just tough on the defense- going on the offense, and she's defending her position, but doing it by attacking. And that pretty much sums up, I think, why earthbending is the best. It is the perfect combination of offense and defense, and it is just so adaptable to any situation. And you can yell things like, I am Melon Lord, while you do it. (laughs) You're so right. Points for picking a delightfully
0: unexpected battle example to give. That was fresh. I loved it. And (laughs) really, really strong arguments. It's very true. And thinking about Toph founding the police force in the future, sort of also that same idea of kind of, you know, obviously we have metal playing a large role in that, but the idea of how do you protect and defend? And there's something in what you were just saying that really resonated for me with what happens in the future and this idea of like, who are going to be the peacekeepers? That's very, very cool. I mean, these are great and strong arguments. I knew they were going to be, and you're all delightful and wonderful. And I think you've all said enough to have already defended each of your choices, but it's if you have anything that you want to add for kind of our closing statements, I welcome each one of you to do that. If there's something specific you felt like you didn't get a chance to respond to from a fellow debater, feel free to use this for that as well. Let's start with you, Saraj, and Air.
3: Yeah, I think for me, the the main closing argument here, I'm not even going to talk about defense because that's just, you know, that's in the bag. But for offense, I will say the the big thing is the, the idea that you don't need to be a special airbender. To be extremely, extremely violent and potent in your ability to dish out damage, even if it isn't as showy as a forest just flaming and burning down or, you know, a rock avalanche or waterbending knives stabbing someone 50 times at once. I think the ability for a very beginner to average airbender to dish out some serious pain to people, even though it's an extreme example that we don't often see, is for me what makes it stand out. You don't need to be a combustion bender. You don't need to be a lava bender. You don't need to be a blood bender. You just need to be a regular old airbender and uh, you're pretty dangerous. So
0: Simple, elegant airbending. Love it. Amanda, what about you? Final thoughts on water?
1: Uh, so the final thoughts I have on water, again, the versatility, like I said earlier, it can give life, it can, it can take it away. It quite literally can heal you. It can heal your wounds. It can even mentally help you because like, remember that one scene where uh, Katara was water bending Jet's head and trying to like clear his mind, quite literally clear his mind with water bending. So it can help you mentally and physically and it can also harm you mentally and physically. So just like the dichotomy there, just like, like you can boil water and you can bend water out of clouds. You can use your own water that comes out of your body. It's always with you it's always within all of us. And it's such a useful element and skill to have because you're hungry, boil some water. You uh, you got a scratch on your arm, go heal it. It's like somebody's annoying you, make them walk away. Like you can do whatever you <laughs> want with water. I think that people think, oh, it's because it's water. It's just like, oh yeah, you get kind of wet, Nick. Uh- <laughs> 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 but it's so much more than that. Like water can really make or break an entire situation and you know the world is 70 percent water and we are mostly water everything it's water water trumps
0: all <laughs> love it i love the amount of times you said water in that statement because it, you're right just the word water we all kind of have an association with it it's like i mean yeah water's life sometimes people say water is life okay great michaela final thoughts on earth from
2: you so i'd say bending is difficult to control. Airbending by nature lacks offense, and water's weakness is that you literally cannot bend it if you don't have water, unless you're like really sweaty or something. But with (laughs) earthbending, it's just, I feel like it's so balanced. That's why Bumi says that earthbending has neutral gin. It's, It's all about reading the situation and reacting to it either on offense or defense it's the most balanced i think between attack and defense and also badger moles they're just the coolest original benders okay like come on the moon compared to badger moles dragons are cool i'll give you that but there are no badger moles (laughs) all of a sudden you named a bunch of stuff that's really cool that i was like oh yeah
0: (laughs) the moon Don't shoot yourself in the foot, Michaela. You did some very cool stuff. We all love dragons. (laughs) No, that was fantastic. I love that you brought in the OG benders. That is totally awesome to kind of finish up and say like, by the way, let's remember those badger moles. Fabulous. (laughs) Uh, Great, great arguments. Nick, we're going to end with you and your final thoughts on fire.
4: Because it was brought up by my fellow wonderful debaters, not once, but twice, y'all can keep Sparky Sparky Boom Man's name out of your <laughs> mouths. May he, foreshadow alert, rest a little bit in pieces. Um, my tall waifu, Pali, is here to counteract that argument. You do not need to blow off two of your limbs to learn combustion bending. I'm going to dispel <laughs> that dirty rumor. Um, and then my other point is just one word. Yeah, you heard it right. One Word. I'm so sorry. Did Prometheus steal <laughs> water? No. <laughs> Avatar one, the one who started this whole shebang is a fire bender. He's ours, we claim him. And y'all would still be running around skittling on little lion turtle backs if it weren't for fire bending. Also, Janet, I forgot to share in the beginning, but my favorite episode is The Great Divide. Thank you. Oh, The Great
1: Divide. <laughs> also, just to say, Pali did lose her whole head and you kind of need that to live,
0: so. Uh-huh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm blaming Michaela's team for that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, again... I am exercising my right as the lone host this episode. I don't have Dante here to tell me that I have to pick a winner. I don't have to pick a winner. I am going to encourage our wonderful fans listening, our listeners, to let us know. Let me know on social media. Insta, You can do Instagram or Twitter. At me. Hashtag Braving the Elements. When this episode airs, I'll put a place in my social media for you to vote on who you thought made the best argument. I think also what we're really saying is everyone just say what your favorite element is and then you'll blame or not blame all of these four wonderful people for whether or not they won. But this has been so much fun. I have one final thing I want to say before I give you guys also the opportunity to throw out your socials so that people can find you and follow you if you would like. And this is a little bit of a curveball, but I would love to know what element you would pick to defend if you couldn't defend the one you just spoke of. What element would you pick? We don't have to redistribute it. You can all say fire. You could all say air. But Suraj, starting with you, what element would you pick if you couldn't pick air?
3: If not for air, I would say even though it's only uh, bestowed upon a select few people, it probably have to be water in terms of its uh, insane abilities on the specialties with bloodbending and the ability to bloodbend the chi away and all that stuff. I, I would say in terms of overall versatility on offense, defense, and specialty abilities to do just unbelievably lethal things. Um, again, I still think air is nice and that you don't have to be a special to do crazy totally. things, but I would say water's ability to do those things is, is definitely quite fearsome.
0: Very, very true. Amanda, let's go to you. Since Suraj just said water, what would you pick?
1: Funnily enough, I'd pick air. <laughs> nice! But yeah, um, I would definitely pick air because I think it's like the underestimated element where people think that, oh, it's just air. It's fine. You're just gonna get blown away. It's fine. But it's honestly just again, like such a versatile element. And it's so inherently like, it can be violent, but it doesn't have to be. And, and the, the best thing about the monks is like, they kind of knew that and they were pacifists. And if they yes. weren't pacifists, they'd be severe here. And it'd be terrifying yeah. because they could literally take the air out of someone's lungs. So yeah. thinking about that whole thing, also like the convenience of it, where it's like, you can literally just like dry yourself off. You can fly. You can do all <laughs> these things that are so freeing. I'd rather have something that's not just like pew, pew, punches and have something that's just like genuinely like freeing and almost like serene an element to have. That would Great. be my next pick if I couldn't pick water.
0: Great. Tremendous power in pacifism. I love that. Nick, you know, nobody has uh, picked their alternate as fire yet. So, Nick, what would you pick if you couldn't have fire?
4: Well, assuming I don't take this personally, which I absolutely do, um, I would actually say that Siraj made a wonderful case for air. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to fly, and I think that would be so fun. And for what it's worth, there's no cute way to say this, but I think they knew that if there was someone who was going to come for their gig, it was going to be the airbenders, which is why that was their first step on their checklist to world domination. Airbending would be very fun.
0: Great point. All right, Michaela. How about you? What would you pick if not for Earth?
2: I have to agree. I think I would pick air. I think a lot of great points were made about (laughs) we've only seen a very few amount of airbenders. And what we've seen from them has been so powerful. I can't imagine if there was the full air, air nation, how incredibly powerful that would be. And just also bending being so tied up in like spirituality and the spirits and airbending being the most sort of connected to the spirit world Mm. and I think that's a huge strength and also like Nick said I really just want to fly so yeah (laughs) I'm so glad I asked this at the last minute because what a wonderful
0: and fascinating development right to find out that I'm very um, glad that you asked this Janet just for the record (laughs)
3: I'm supremely thankful that you asked
0: (laughs) I don't know I mean I would not have expected that I don't know what I would have expected but I would not have necessarily expected everybody who couldn't have already argued for air would pick air for themselves i think that's absolutely wonderful especially because we just talked about the sort of power in just being close to the spirit world the power in being able to fly which is a very personal non-violent thing and the power of pacifism so very very cool uh, this has been so wonderful i hope the the four of you had as much fun as i did this has been so great will you please let us know where people can find you if you would
2: like starting with you michaela Yes. I am on Instagram as my handle is magic by Michaela. It's all my cosplay photos go there. So nice. I'll post some top stuff.
3: <laughs> Love it.
2: Okay. What about you, Siraj?
3: I'm on Instagram at Saxy Siraj, spelled exactly the, the way you'd think um, because I play saxophone as well. So.
0: Trotting out that you play saxophone at the very end, by the way, wind instrument. Not, not going to mistake that for anything but uh, an air property. Uh, wonderful. How about you, Amanda?
1: Uh, So, you can find me over um, all social media platforms TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter. My name is Amanda Just Vibin across everything. So Amanda J U S T Vibin without the G. So
0: yeah, great. And how about you, Nick? You can find me
4: over on TikTok at Slick Gay Field. It's mostly just Pokemon content and Avatar content. <laughs> Wonderful, <laughs>
0: friends. Thank you so much. I hope I have the opportunity to have you back. I know Dante again would love to meet you. And it's sorry not to be here. So on behalf of the Fire Nation, on behalf of myself and everybody else at Braving the Elements, thank you so much for being on everybody thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next week Yay! all right everybody thank you so much for listening to avatar braving the elements and hey make sure to subscribe follow leave us a review all of that really helps the podcast so much and we love you guys Next week, we're heading to the Braving the Elements vault for a super special blast from the past. It's our panel at the San Diego Comic-Con from last winter. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.